Blog Talk Radio. Energy Awareness Radio. I am a certified reconnective healing practitioner, 
sound therapist, and positive psychology practitioner with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Our chat room is open, so please feel free to join in the discussion. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, go ahead and post it, and we will do our best to get your question on air. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and you quite simply cannot continue to listen online, call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227, and that way you can listen via phone, or please be sure to use your Bluetooth if you are driving about. Our sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. And with Audible.com, you can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want, and you can get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. So just go ahead and check that out. You know, it's the holiday season. We all know that. The first night of Hanukkah was last night, and we're counting down to Christmas. And during this time of year, people in general, I think, are kinder and more compassionate and charitable and understanding and forgiving. And they're more apt to remember those who have contributed to peace and freedom for all of us. And those people who have made incredible sacrifices for all of us, I'm speaking about our military, past, present, and future. And during the year, pretty much unless you're related to a military person or you work with someone who has served or is on call or will serve again, we tend really not to think about the hell that these men and women are going through for all of us, for our freedom, for our right to live exactly as we are living right now and better. And we don't think about it daily, even though we're reminded about wars daily. If it's not directly in our face, it's just a news story that's happening elsewhere. And we really have become somewhat desensitized by all that we see and hear on TV, radio, social media, and the newspapers. We tend to forget that, you know, most of us wake up sheltered and warm and with food that is readily available to eat. And because of the fact that others are fighting for us to have, well, just about everything we tend to take for granted. If we take a few moments to learn and think about the sacrifices made on our behalf, we can become better people ourselves and show our gratitude to these individuals in ways that will make a difference for them. And my guest is Sim Lowell, and he is the author of Jasper's War. We'll talk about that a bit, but what is more necessary to speak about is his work with an organization he founded called Operation Next Chapter. This is an initiative that is helping soldiers who have given their all for each and every one of us. Sim Lowell began his leadership training as an 18-year-old Navy recruit and high school loser, as he puts it, and he went on to become a highly sought international tax attorney, advisor to multinational corporations, governments, and political organizations, professor and author, and he's a partner in the law firm of McDermott, Will, and Emery. And Sim, welcome to Energy Awareness Radio. I want to thank you so much for taking time to join us. How are you being Oh, I am great, and thank you so much for inviting me to join you for this conversation. Yeah, I think it's a really important one. You know, your book, Jasper's War, is it's an international thriller, and it's a read that you just don't want to put down. But I think I'd like to start by you telling us, what was the catalyst for writing this book? Well, the catalyst for writing this book is I, I enjoy um, dreams, and, and I enjoy the creative process, and probably for 20 years I would write manuscripts and put them on the shelf, and, and my wife forever would say, uh, all you do is sit there and fiddle with 
pads of paper, what are you actually doing? So then she read some of those manuscripts and uh, said, you know, these aren't bad. You ought to try and do something with them. Published one book in 2008, and Jasper's War came out earlier in 2014. And as we got into the publishing process, um, my my real motivation was trying to find some way both to make the book successful, but also for all the proceeds to go to um, try to repay the debt that I have to the military for helping me learn how to be successful. And we formed Operation Next Chapter to, to in essence, provide voice-activated computers for veterans who come home and can't use their hands. Just imagine you're, you're a hero that, as you said, is, is given uh, they're all to, to defend what the United States needs to have done. You come home, and in today's world, you can't use your hands to type, either because they're shot off, they're burned, or there's mental problems that doesn't allow your brain to communicate with your hands. Well, in today's world, the, these men and women heroes, they're, they're completely disenfranchised. And the military today provides the health care and the testing and the training and the software, but does not provide the hardware um, for the, the hero to have that voice-activated computer. So this is a program intended to provide those computers, and, and so far there are, believe it or not, 200 on a waiting list right now, and so far we've raised enough money to provide for 66 out of those 200 um, heroes. That is an amazing undertaking. You heard about a a program called Soldiers Angels Project Valor IT while you were writing this book. Is that correct? That's correct. Right. Okay. And that was Operation Next Chapter is what I created, but all the administration and the awarding of the computers and whatnot is handled by a a group in San Antonio um, called Soldiers Angels, and it's a group of five or six um, military women who are paid staff, but there's about 2,000 volunteers around the world. And and I just love the group because all the time and effort of the volunteers and the uh, professionals goes to serving veterans, not not to any kind of bureaucracy. Which is rare. Let's start with that. And it's also, I mean, it's such a giving effort. Plus the fact that 100%, 100%, every single penny of the proceeds from the sale of Jasper's War, the book that you wrote, goes to provide voice-controlled laptops to military personnel who are recovering yes, from amputations. Okay. Uh, that is just an incredible, generous, such generosity on your part and, and such a huge undertaking. And so anyone who purchases a book, that all that proceed is going to something good, which it should because, you know, when these people come back, from all that they have done and the horror that they've seen, we sitting here cannot imagine. We cannot. I, I don't. My imagination just it, it isn't. It isn't able to do that. To to go where these people have been and what we do in this country for our veterans is so little in in my eyes. And I see this as such a huge undertaking, and it's great. And I I hope that people will think about this not just at this time of year, but throughout the year, whenever you see soldiers anywhere, you know, and, and talk to them and see what it is that they need. Because one of the statistics that completely, completely blew me away was that 22, 22 veterans per day commit suicide. 
Well, su- suicide's a serious problem, and, and go back to the illustration of our, our dear friend T. Love has gone off and uh, served her country, um, come home injured, and cannot use your hands. And what I've learned through the process of participating in, in making a lot of these computer wards around the country is that um, when you think about suicide in this context, you're inclined to think of it in terms of the the veteran, the hero who can't communicate in the world. But what I've come to find out is it, it's perhaps even more of a problem for the the spouse or, or family of that hero because they can't do anything really to help them. And, and a lot of these heroes virtually need to have a wife or husband or other family with them 24 hours a day just trying to deal with the war wounds and plus trying then to deal with not being able to communicate with the outside world. It's it's a it's a terrible mess. It is a terrible mess and and it should be it needs to be given a whole lot more attention than some of the other um things that we end up wasting money on as far as you know this is another whole show probably (laughs) but you know to to see all this and to know that these people are getting some help through this effort Mm -hmm. when when they do get this help and and it does I, i would think it would help the spouse amazingly because then they can communicate a whole lot better is there assistance in the training portion of how they go about doing working with the computer and how the spouse can better uh, communicate with his or her husband, wife type of thing. Yes. Uh, Soldiers Angels offers a full range of, of support in that context. And so does the military and the VA. The only thing that's not provided is the, is the hardware. And okay. um, through this process, I, I've met lots of people who not through our operation next chapter, but uh, in earlier times from Soldiers Angels who got the computer and talked to their family and, it's like a night and day difference in terms of this hero who is sitting there not able to do anything can get back online, go to school, finish an education, and get back get back out in the world and start supporting their family. So it's a it's just a phenomenal situation, and and the the piece that's not provided is simply this hardware. Which is, yeah and okay, and that's that's what you're providing is the hardware in and of itself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And my my but dream is to fulfill the, everyone who's on that waiting list and is eligible for the computers. And that determination is made by the uh, Pentagon or the Veterans Administration and then Soldiers Angels. Once the certification is provided, then gets the computer um, and, and works with the veteran thereafter. Is this something that the veterans need to sign up for or is it an automatic thing upon discharge? Um, it, it's a process in terms of dealing with the injuries that they, they have, and then um, whether it's through uh, the VFW, through the, the VA, or otherwise, coming in contact with uh, Soldiers Angels or any other groups that have programs there to provide the computer. It's very similar to seeing eye dogs. I mean, the, in our Operation Next chapter, we're starting to um, get into that process as well. But of course, the the cost for seeing eye dog is uh, phenomenal. A computer is expensive, but a seeing eye dog can cost thirty to fifty thousand um, dollars each. And that's another case where the the military will provide the training and the health care and everything else, but does not provide that um, seeing eye dog. Not hardware, but nice 
red-blooded, warm dog. So that, that's another initiative that we're starting. And that's called Patriot Paws, is that correct? Yes, correct. Absolutely. You're partnering with Patriot Paws. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting because, you know, animals love us unconditionally. People don't. If they did, there wouldn't be divorce and people, you know, killing each other and everything. <laughs> that just wouldn't happen. <laughs> but we that's know right. animals, animals love us, and it is so touching when you see a dog uh, that knows lost its its master or its partner and, and is – you know, laying on the grave or something, it, it's ju- it, it touches your soul because there is definitely a connection there between the soldier and the animal. And I, I don't know, I, I cry a lot at these commercials. <laughs> I was well, wondering one, if I'd be able to take it for the show. <laughs> one, one of the uh, heroes who I've made a variety of different kinds of presentations with in, in the New York area um, his name is Captain Tuck, and and he put himself through college and law school, and when he got out of law school in 1992, right after 9-11, he had a choice of going into the Army Judge Advocate General's Corps or going into the infantry. And he decided that I want to go kill bad guys for what they did to my community in the the New York area. And Mm -hmm. on his third tour in Iraq and Afghanistan, his vehicle was blown up by a roadside bomb. Everybody else was killed. He survived. But and I've got lots of pictures of him, but uh, um, so much shrapnel on his back that they can't take it all out, so he can barely bend over. And but he has a seeing eye dog uh, that's with him, and and wh- whenever I've been with him, that dog is there. And as you say, the the dog lays at his feet um, mm-hmm. in, until the dog is on duty. That then it, it's out there leading Captain Talk and uh, watching people and. It's absolutely amazing just to watch the connection between the the dog and, and the man. Yeah, because it's like the animal becomes a part of, of the, the the human's being. Right. You know? And it's, tra- and it's trained. The reason they're so expensive is the um, I mean, the average dog can cost, say, $30,000, but the, the process, talking about dogs, not computers for a minute, that process is quite astonishing. The the training is done by inmates in prison. The recidivism rate for those who are trained to, to train the dogs is down something on the order of 70%. Um, Which is huge. And, and then it, it's absolutely amazing. So everybody – another process where everybody has a dream and everybody benefits from an effort to try to help our heroes including sure. those who are being helped or yeah, because those you're who are hitting, doing the helping. Yeah, you're hitting on, on the, the, uh, the, the military themselves, the prisoners themselves who are now, you know, not habitually committing crimes. It, it, it is amazing. And I think that animals do an awful – we have a lot to learn from animals and children, you know, um, <laughs> as adults. But it, it's such a great program, the Patriot Pause, and I – I think I read somewhere in the paperwork that I was sent by your publicist that Patriot Paws also has a list of 200 approved veterans waiting for a dog. Yeah, I think it's at least 200. It's amazing. Yeah. Are they using but all kinds they, of dogs or specific? No, I think they use all kinds of different dogs. Mm-hmm. And the dogs, of course, are um, they're in essence rescuing the dog then training it so everybody in this process is being rescued from oblivion, dogs, inmate, and and hero. And every it's a single win, 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 win. Sure, all the way around. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing that you're doing. I mean, Jasper's War is a great book. I um, I could not put it down. And this is the book that we're talking about. All the proceeds are going to all of these efforts. And it's really hard to even give any premise on the book because you don't want to give anything away, <laughs> you know. But it is one of those books that's just jaw-dropping. I didn't see anything coming. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I'm going to agree with your wife. Wow, you wrote a really good thing here. It's, it's great that you published it. But what's even better is what you're doing with all of the funds from the sale of the book. And you travel around and, and talk to people. Uh, you know, you've been to San Antonio, Atlanta, Washington, New York City, and raising money for this initiative, and you're still working as an international tax attorney. I don't know how you find the time to do that when you're doing this other big, huge thing, but God bless you for doing everything that you're doing. Uh, what Do you have a huge schedule of places you're visiting? Is it specific to like a book signing, or is it more specific to meeting with the veterans and their groups? Oh, it sort of fits into three or four different categories. Um one category would be speaking to groups that are interested in raising money for um, something like our Operation Next Chapter. And I've spoken now to several groups of <clears throat> Republican or Democratic men or women, as the case may be. And sometimes there'll be 100 or 200 people. And I have a presentation I make in terms of what we're doing in Operation Next Chapter, then uh, pass out copies of the book and ask for contributions. And typically, uh, we'll raise enough money in each one of those things to pay for seven or eight more computers. One other thing I've enjoyed doing is uh, talking to groups of, <clears throat> let, let's say, disadvantaged, uh, questionable teenagers in, in terms mm -hmm. of uh, one group in New York um, um, that they're it's a group that literally takes children off the street and provides them training and education and whatnot. And so what they've asked me oftentimes to do is come and talk about hope and opportunity and dreams. And in essence, what I say is the, the way you began this by saying um, to get, to be charitable. I was a loser in high school. Um, my father gave me no choice. He said I could go to the Army for four years, the Marine Corps for three years, the Navy for two years, or I could I could go fishing. Uh, he had other words actually, um, <laughs> and I asked him why, and he said, "Well, you're you're not interested in school, son, and I'm not going to waste any money sending you to college." So I, I had the opportunity to go join the Navy because that was only two years, and when I got out of boot camp in August of 1964, I had orders to go to the Mediterranean coast of Spain, and and I thought. Oh boy, I'm going to continue doing what I've been doing, having a nice time partying. And then the Gulf of Tonkin happened, and I ended up in um, in, in Navy waters and in, in Vietnam is the lowest thing in the Navy, in the lowest part of the Navy, d doing jobs. Not surprisingly, that nobody else would like to do. Um, uh. So it, it, it was it's a, it was a great opportunity, and, and but the Navy taught me how to succeed in life, you know, each, each step we take. And that, that's been an important part of my life for sure. And I think that's reflected in, in the book. We can talk about Jasper's War. We're not going to give away the um, uh, anything critical in the book, but, but the, the protagonist in Jasper's War is Jasper. She's a 
she's a female, and, and the essence of the story is that <clears throat> um, her husband is Secretary of the U.S. Treasury. He was on Wall Street before that. Um, he's been very successful, but he's discovered there's a horrendous fraud in the uh, bank bailout process that all the money's going to the bad guys. So he's on his way home to talk to Jasper to try to figure out what to do. And the FBI comes and tells Jasper that his plane crashed into the Arctic. And then her two children, um, ages 8 and 10, are kidnapped. And shortly thereafter, she gets a text from her husband's cell phone. And again, he's supposed to be at the bottom of the Arctic Ocean that says, if you say anything about what your husband is coming home for, you will become, let's say, shark stuff like he is now. Um, Mm. So she has to decide. She knows that if she doesn't do something, her children are going to be killed. So her priest puts her in touch with the kind of person that we served with in, in, in Vietnam a long, long time ago. Back in the 50s and 60s, if if half-breed Aborigines, that is part white, part Asian, and the other part Aborigine, the government would take the girls and put them in convents and take the boys and make them into soldiers. And in Vietnam, they they were used for going down in tunnels because you needed very short people. So you'd have these 10, 11, 12-year-old kids who are being taught how to kill, plant plant mines, set fires, set bombs, and whatnot. And I always wondered, what happens to those young boys when they grow up? Can they ever become human beings? So the essence of Jasper's War is we have a socialite who has to become a warrior if she's going to recover her children. And we have a warrior, his dream is to become a human being. He wants to learn how to become a real human. So then the story just largely takes place in, in uh, Rome and Tuscany and Italy, and th- the ending of it comes in the Monte Carlo Grand Prix in Monaco. Now, I probably shouldn't ask this question, but why not? <laughs> is well, that's the best kind of anything... question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, reading the book, I, I believe anything can happen. Um, is this based on anything that you've experienced at all that's true, or did you just like come up with this? Because it's fascinating. It's totally fascinating. It should be a movie. It's entirely based on my own life experience. Each of the characters is, in essence, a composite of people I have known and the places where the story takes place. I've I've traveled many times in my life. I'm I'm lucky. Aside from being a loser in high school, I, I grew up traveling the world with my parents who were university professors. And, and the the background of the story, it's not an economics book story at all. It's a thriller. But the the background mm-hmm. is the economic collapse in <clears throat> 2008 through 2010. And I frankly always believed all that bailout money went to the bad guys. So that mm-hmm. that's sort of the, the background of the story. And <clears throat> uh, Jasper's husband discovers that. And then she has to, with the... The character who's the half-breed aborigine, his name is Nulandi, which means happiness in, in native language. So he and his dog Alice um, and Jasper become a team that un- unwinds all of this and hopefully um, achieves a good result. Well, see, that's why I asked the question, because I always believe that, that bailout money wasn't for good use either. <laughs> I always thought there's something going on here. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Uh you know, so by today, I was just going to say I'm very, I'm very lucky in that regard that I can I can write the stories out of experience, so it's fun. I don't have to research something and try to figure out 
how would somebody deal with, with something like this? I <clears throat> look in the mirror and, and think about it and just go to my own experience. Well, and that's the best. Those are the best books to read because you, you, you're getting firsthand experience and you can feel it when you're reading along. You know that there's something going on here that is, is known. It, it just comes through the pages, through the written word. You did a great job with that. I'm sure your parents, when, you know, I mean, they're from academia. I think your father was wonderful in saying, well, we're not going to pay for you to go to college because we know that you're not a college type student. But it must have shocked him when you ended up being an international tax attorney when you decided to go back to school. Well, when I came back to the Navy and um, declared that I was going to be a lawyer, um, and the reason I wanted to be a lawyer is because the hero in all the books that um, enlisted sailors read in those years happened to be a lawyer. So I would tell my my friends, I'm going to get out of this Navy and I'm going to go home and become a lawyer. And they just laugh and laugh and laugh. And um, <laughs> was, let, let's say that I was in the racial minority in that context. So they had lots of names and and characterizations for me, which was fine, helped, helped me grow too. But then when I came back, my parents in essence said, um, we have other children and you probably don't have as much um, opportunity for success as they do, um, which I then took to mean I had to pay for my own education, which I had mm-hmm. the GI Bill, so <clears throat> stubborn person that I am, I just said, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. invest in myself and um, my mother was 44 when I was born, so was my dad. And I've got a little brother, so she was very productive back in those days. Um, but <laughs> dad died al- almost 100, and, and many times over the years he would say, you know, son, it's um, we, we were so wrong about what kind of potential somebody has that has a dream and, and has the uh, drive to, to follow through on that. Um, and that's fine. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he was he- very surprised. You just didn't know your dream at the time. You know, at 17 and 18, really, people are just too young to know what they want to do. It's, it's kind of, you know, pick a major. Come on. You know, I don't, I don't know. I just got out of high school. It's really a hard decision, and yet everybody has to go through the process pretty much. But it's hard. <laughs> well, it's How hard, and I was lucky. I, I tried to get my kids to take two or three years off and go in the military. None of them, none of them did that. I think they, they, they just mm-hmm. couldn't get their hands around the idea of, Precisely what you just said. At 17 or 18, you you, you don't know enough about life to do anything. Um, so why yeah. don't you go off and, you know, whether whether it's a Peace Corps or it's a military or it's <clears throat> a, a religious activity, it, it really doesn't matter. Just take some time and, and go experience the world. That's That's the best thing that ever happened to me for sure. Now, did any of your children experience the world in any way or did they just say, no, I'm just going to go straight to college? The, they went straight to college. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, as luck would have it, since I do travel a lot, airfare is always free. Um, so I'd take each one of my kids any place in the world they wanted to go every um, one of them every year. So they got to travel a lot, and they're, they're all very successful in their lives for sure. But I think that they would probably be better people if they if they'd had to spend two or three years out with average the average people of the world and and see how other people live and then develop an appreciation for their own opportunities. I think that's true. I know a lot of military children, uh, military families who have the kids have grown up living around the world. And I have to say, I really believe they have a better education and they're more well-rounded than the people who, you know, worked really hard, got straight A's and went to Harvard. 
for the most part, because they they have the world experience behind them. They've lived in so many places, and there's a lot to be said for that, you know? Well, it's a lot to be said for that, and, and sometimes in, in these immigration, you know, the political discussions about immigration policy and whatnot, um, when I when I think about that, and I'm, I'm no politician for sure, but when I think about all the immigrants I've worked with over the years, the, the one thing that comes through loud and clear is appreciating the opportunity to have a dream and fulfill that dream to the full extent of their own abilities to succeed in, in a free world like we have in the United States. So it, mm. it's it's astonishing just to watch people that have average backgrounds from China or Nigeria or other places and they they come here and they're determined to be as successful as they can possibly be, as opposed you know, to. No, go ahead. It, it, you're you're right in that they that they come here and they appreciate what this country has to offer. Unfortunately, from the perspective of what I see, and this may not be true, but it, it is from what I see, a lot of people who are born here take it for granted and they don't put forth the efforts and try as hard and they just decide that, well, I'm entitled to it because I was born here. No, you're not. You still have to work for it. You still have to earn it. You're not entitled to anything. And, you know, we all have to pay our dues. But sometimes it's really irritating to see that sense of entitlement, I guess, and, and that word is probably overused today. But I do see it a lot. And I, the other mm-hmm. thing I noticed is that we don't seem to have – I remember – my grandparents talking about, you know, World War II and the patriotism and uh, pledging the flag every morning. And you don't even do that at Rotary Club meetings or, or Chamber of Commerce meetings anymore. It's very rare. The flag is in the room. But how many times do you salute the flag? Regular people throughout the day, maybe military personnel do it a whole lot more. But even in school, sometimes they don't do it. What has happened with this patriotism? Where has it gone? And yet we have people coming over here making a living and doing great things to help this country, which is to help us. We're here. We're born here. We need to help ourselves. Well, one one of the great experiences I've had in in my Operation Next chapter is speaking in some of these groups of um, disadvantaged children, like like I mentioned. And I'll never forget being in New York and um, – talking to group maybe 50 students at a wonderful group that literally as i said takes children off the street and then gets them through high school and college but i'll never forget listening to or making a presentation and afterwards a young woman who's sitting there who had on a college sweatshirt and looked like a college student came up and started talking to me about uh, she was just starting law school and her dream was to come back and work in this organization um, like others who worked in the organization who, who'd been on the streets and and talking along. And then, then I asked her, um, well, t- tell me, what's your story? Where did you come from? Um, she just looked at me, the perfectly blank face said, well, the uh, boyfriend of my mother uh, was a pimp, and, and he started doing that with me at age nine. And I had two mm. children by the time I was 13 and had no idea who the parents were. And then this group found me, and I, I've now completed college. My children are cared for. I, I have scholarship and other money, and I'm going to be successful. You know, and, and you you listen to people like that, and you just say, you know, you want to look to the sky and thank God for the encouragement and, as you would say, the positive energy 
uh, to make something out of your life. It's wonderful. It's, it is incredible because, you know, you walk around and you don't know anybody's story, but everybody has one. And I think part of the, the thing is to just, you know, if we could all just know that everybody's got a story and, and it's not when somebody lashes out at you, it's probably really not personal. It's just whatever's going on in their life because no, not everybody wants to tell their own story. But when you're dealing with, I'm presuming that these are the leadership talks that you're, that you're talking about when you go yes. into the school. Uh-huh. Yes. Right. Um, because you tend to do that. And these are the places where the, uh, the at-risk students, as you said, um, are at encouraged risk, right. <clears throat> mm-hmm, yep. to have a better life than what their parents did. And they know that. And they're, but it, isn't it fascinating to see, them know that they're being given an opportunity. The aha moments when you're talking to students who are, you know, not privileged, um, because I work sometimes with, with students who are not, is mm-hmm. phenomenal, like you said, and it's just great to see that. So, yeah, I applaud you for doing all of that as well. That's that's crazy good. <laughs> oh, well, it it's fun. I mean, the positive energy that comes out of that is, is to me. I mean, I, I am the beneficiary of that energy yeah. awareness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I understand that because we all are. Whenever anybody is, uh, when, whenever you give a talk or you speak to somebody and they give you something that close and emotional back, you're having an intimate moment with that person, you're communing with them for sure. And yeah, it, it is very uplifting and totally makes your heart smile big. I, I just love that. And I think that that probably happens a lot with the people that you speak with that they that you probably get to share in a lot of the joy. You're helping so many people through what you do. Um, some of the statistics that were sent over to me since 9-11 are, are astounding. I'd like to talk about those for a minute if we can. Uh, 1.6 million military personnel have served in Iraq and Afghanistan, many serving multiple tours of duty. And as you said, some of them have gone back quite a few times Right. And they just keep going back. And, I mean, uh, maybe it's because I'm female, but I think once you did your tour, why are you going back? You made it home safe. Why do, why do people – what is the drive? They believe in what they're doing. There's a job there to be done. I'm trained to do it. I've seen what happens to people in Afghanistan or Iraq or wherever the conflict happens to be. And um, it, it's my dream. It's my duty. It's my destiny to help. And that's what I want to do. Yeah, and that's very extremely brave. I mean, I'm a chicken because I, there's no way. You know, uh, I I just, whenever I see anybody from the military or anything, I, I thank them. And sometimes I think they might be a little uncomfortable. I'm not sure everybody does that, but I'll say thank you so much for all that you've done for us. Um, you know, it's really important that we recognize that when we see them. Another, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, another statistic was uh, over a quarter of a million service members have been diagnosed with traumatic brain injury. And you, your laptops also go to people with brain injury, correct? Yeah, an awful lot of these heroes who can't use their hands, their brain injuries. The brain simply will not communicate with the hands. <clears throat> and when I've participated in making the computer award sometimes, um, I, I just start crying. I mean, it, it's not... I don't think I'm a crybaby, but I, I remember one fellow who was his, his wife was there and his two children are there and, and they're crying and <clears throat> I'll start crying. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's thanking soldiers, angels, and and uh, you know I'm 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 just there. Um, but but I I had a copy of this fellow's um, military record and and he had silver stars and bronze stars, a genuine hero right and and he's he's sitting there with his computer in his hands crying like a baby because 
he now has a dream. He has an opportunity. With this, I can pursue my dream. I can take care of my family. Um, and for people like you or me to be able to help in that process, <clears throat> you know, it, it's us who should be thankful for the opportunity. Yes, you're absolutely right, because they've done so much. For, they've given their all. Every single one of you who served anywhere has given your all, as far as I'm concerned, whether you're injured or not. But those who are injured have even more so, you know. Uh, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And at this time of year when, you know, sometimes we think, well, what am I going to get that person as a gift? Well, you know, there's something that we can do to give somebody a gift that truly needs it. And you can make a donation. It's easy and it's tax deductible. And all you need to do is you can either go to your site, Sim Lowell, C-Y-M-L-O-W-E-L-L dot com, dot com or dot org. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Or you can go to soldiersangels.org and make a donation. So it's S-O-L-D-I-E-R-S-A-N-G-E-L-S.org and make a donation. I mean, when you think about that, there are so many charities out there, but when you when you really look at a charity, you know, <laughs> go and research it and see where the money's going because sometimes a nickel goes to the cause and the rest of it's going to admin and, and all these uh, CEO salaries and such. When you go to something like this, where so much of the dollar and 100% of the purchase of this book, Jasper's War, you buy the book, you give it to somebody to read who loves, you know, anything that might be thrilling or on the edge or even, I'm not into that, but when I read this book, I couldn't put it down. So if you, it doesn't have to be, it's not scary, it's just a thriller. And you give them that book knowing full well that you've given them a gift, but you've also given a gift toward helping a serviceman who was out there putting his life on the line or her life on the line for you. This is such a great cause. I really, uh, and those are the two those are the two websites that I was given. Are there other websites that I need to announce because I didn't get any other information except Soldiers, Angels, and Sim Lowell um, for people to go to to make donations and to check it out? I, I thought maybe there might be one called Operation Next Chapter, but I believe that's on your site, Sim Lowell, correct? Right. That, that's on my site. Or people can just go to Amazon and buy the book, and <clears throat> as I say, all, all the all the proceeds go right straight into this program. It's a great, great cause. And, you know, the you can go to Amazon and buy the book, but if you go to your site and read everything, it's astounding with all of the statistics that are there and everything that you uh, read about on your site of, you know, for instance, what we talked about before with the um, PTSD service dogs, you know, and how much it costs for training and how much is is done by the service, but they can't take care of the rest of it. You know, the training, testing, care, and, and maintenance is, is $27,000, and they need help with that. And our tax dollars go to things that some of us don't know about or care about or some research studies that, you know, really are, I mean, I look at them and I think, who cares what's in a hot dog? Let's, you know, forget it and go on to something else. I mean, this is what, this is what your money's going to, people. Your tax dollars, you may as well spend your money on something good and do some really good things with it. So you, Sim, are committed to earning enough for at least one dog. So that would be 2,100 books, I believe is what I read. Um, yes. You can pull a dog out of a shelter, give a prisoner, as you said, a reason to look forward and teach empathy, you know. And uh, then some of these prisoners were actually hired by Patriot Paws once they were released. Or, or, or by corporate sponsors. I mean, uh, Target stores, for example, had a, a, a 
program to hire, I've, I've forgotten the number, a thousand veterans in 2014, and I think they've uh, dramatically exceeded that goal. So there's lots oh of goodness. sponsors in, in the program uh, who, who their way of giving back is is, is to hire and train uh, the veterans and, and to help with things like Patriot Paws. This is such a good program. It's incredible what what it is that you're doing. And, you know, you're a hero to many people. I mean, I think you're a hero. And, you know, you're an attorney, so typically attorneys are, you know, typecast as having big egos, but you do not. And and when you're told you're a hero, I'm just going to bet that you don't feel that you are <laughs> at all, do you? <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm, I'm not a hero. Um, I, w- I was a hopelessly stupid student um, who happened to have the joy of getting into the Navy and, and being at the lowest point in life that probably somebody could be at and, and learning through watching other people in the Navy how to succeed. Um, so today it's uh, all of these people are the heroes. I'm, I'm, I'm just somebody who likes to write stories and if they can make enough money to do good in the world, that's wonderful. Or, or I don't like to talk about my law practice because it's boring to anybody not like a thriller, but same, same with those funds. Yes, and and even though you don't think you're a hero, there are those of us who do because it does take you know it takes every it takes different people to motivate and, and put things together. And if it weren't for you putting this together, this program wouldn't be out there the way that it is. And again, this is Operation Next Chapter working with Soldiers Angels Project to provide a hundred voice controlled adaptive laptop computers for military personnel who have lost the use of their hands. And 100%, 100%, every single penny from the sale of proceeds of this novel, Jasper's War, goes to purchase these individually adapted computers, which cost $500 a piece. So it helps the warriors who are healing from amputations and paralysis, eye injuries, burns, and brain trauma to stay in touch with their family and their units during their recovery and afterward. And by staying in touch with their family, that just means they could be living in the same house with their spouse and children. This is what mm-hmm. it's allowing them to do, to function as a family unit. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily overseas or, or in a hospital somewhere and, and need to be, um, you know, before they can go home. This is, they keep this computer, Well, right? and an awful lot of them use the computer to go to college or, or graduate Absolutely. school or, or do online training. There, there's so much education available today online that uh, the, the prevailing story I hear from uh, families six, eight, ten months after they've had the computer is, this has allowed Tila uh, to get back into school and, and uh, find what she wants to do and get on with her life. That has got to be so uh, gratifying, you know, to know that, that this is helping those people. Is there any any person or story you can tell us in particular that really kind of opened your heart and made you think, wow, this is great? Oh, I, I, I think the one that um, – it's sort of indirect, but um, a, a woman in our law firm in, in New York heard about this originally, and then she organized a um, a session in, in New York with, I mean, it happened to be lawyers, but um, she went around to, to all the vendors of the company uh, to get computers, to get restaurant stuff, all kinds of things, and, and then have lotteries and drawings. Um, to raise money, and, and of course, we sold lots of books. And as a total, we raised ten thousand dollars on on that one afternoon, 
which provides wow. 20 computers. And then after watching an award or two of these computers, she, she decided, well, wait a minute, our company reconditions computers when they've been used internally. Can those possibly be used by Soldiers Angels? And uh, so far, that's produced another 30 computers that they're less powerful than the um, ones for the voice activation, as you summarized. But she's now created a stream of computers, and the the number of heroes and their families who benefit from that is simply stupefying. It's absolutely amazing. Can anybody... Can, can anybody donate a, a computer if they have one that they're – I mean, some people just get rid of computers every two years like they get rid of a car. There's nothing wrong with it. Can Is this, a, is this something that can be done where you're accepting computers like that? Um, I'm not sure about that. I, I know there's a – I mean, the, 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 the one firm we're talking about, <clears throat> they recondition the computers and then have them shipped to Soldier's Angels. And Mm -hmm. they routinely recondition the computers, so you know, because they need to take all the proprietary information off of them and and clean them up and and move them on. I'm not sure how big a deal that is, but Mm -hmm. um, both Soldiers Angels and and any kind of organization uh, can put those computers to to good use for sure. Yeah, I think that's great. Now, you I'm sorry, interrupted you. You were going to give us her name, I think. Oh, that's not appropriate on air. Oh, okay. Offline, I'd be happy to, or put you in contact with her. She, she's a, she is a hero for all that she's done, and there, there's so many other people who've helped in this process. It's amazing, but um, she she is my hero. That's great. Yeah, and she sounds like she is quite a hero. I, I thought I, I thought I heard you start to say her name, but I guess not. So I, I didn't mean to. Um, oh yeah, I was going to start to say <laughs> that, but that's not appropriate on the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's doing a wonderful job too. Uh, you know, it's just it's crazy. Now we're coming up to the top of the hour, and I tried to hit on a lot of different things in such a short amount of time so that we could get as much out there. What have I missed, or what is it that you would like to tell us that we didn't learn thus far this evening? Oh, I, I, th- I think the we, we've touched on it, and, and that is my my theme when I make presentations, whether it's <clears throat> book signings or um, fundraising activities or, or to disadvantaged youth, is just the <clears throat> the reality of dreams and the need of dreams to achieve the realities you have. And, and I just love to start off with a, a slide presentation, a picture of Martin Luther King and, and his words and uh, we all have dreams, and when dreams end, life ends. And um, I think that's true for e- each of our listeners on the air. They have dreams, and, and they need help, and they can help other people with their dreams. And if if I help T-Love and T-Love helps somebody else, it, it's just a chain of uh, reality or consciousness or positive energy um, that everybody benefits in that process. It's It's absolutely amazing. It is. It's paying it forward and knowing that you're doing so because if someone does something for you, they don't necessarily need or want you to pay them back, but it's nice to know that people pay it forward. If I do something and someone says, I can't pay you, I'll say, just pay it forward when you can sometime in your life down the road. It could be 40 years from now. I don't care, you know, mm-hmm. and just know that you're doing good and you're putting out so much. Uh, I just want to make sure I get the the websites out there again. Operation Next Chapter is working with Soldiers Angels Project 
and you to provide 100 voice-controlled adaptive laptop computers for military personnel who have lost the use of their hands. And these computers cost $500 a piece, 100% of the proceeds from the sale of this novel, Jasper's War, by Sim Lowell, C-Y-M, last name Lowell, L-O-W-L-L, it goes to purchase these individually adapted computers. So they're individually adapted to meet the person's needs, and they do cost 500 each. So go out and buy the book and know that you're getting somebody something great to read that's going to you know, entertain them and be fascinating, and they won't be able to put it down, and it will kind of clear the clutter from their mind and bring them to a place of peace themselves, while at the same time giving an opportunity to, to the people that we need to thank the most, the people who are fighting for us as we sit here and have our, you know, our warm homes and our food that we can get readily available and, and not have to sit in ditches and, and, and fight for. So um, the, the website is soldiersangels.org, and you can donate there, or you can go to simlowell.com, C-Y-M-L-O-W-L-L.com. Sim, I just have to say, you know, I, I am, you are an inspiration, and I, among many, I'm quite sure, are completely humbled by all that you're doing. Um, and thank you so very much for, for tuning in, for, for coming in and joining us here tonight. I, I appreciate that so much. It's a, it's a difficult time of year, and you're very busy, and I very much appreciate your being here. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all that you do for everyone and for joining us here on Energy Awareness Radio. It's wonderful. Thank you for inviting me, and um, I get the energy out of this, not you, I assure you. We got a lot of energy, too. It's going across the lines and going out across the planet. It's a wonderful thing. So, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. And we need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live, productively, helpfully, and purposefully, and gratefully. This is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show that you just listened to to everyone you know, and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. So get out your calendar and make note of it. It will be Christmas Eve. We'll be doing something special. No, I'm not going to tell you what it is. You'll just have to tune in and find out. (laughs) For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, a lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about the other upcoming events I'll be hosting throughout the remainder of this year, including upcoming Crystal Singing Bowl concerts. And if you cannot make a concert, you can order my CD, Imagine, from the site as well, or my new CD, The Healing Sounds of Christmas, which was released on October 1st. That's available as well. So go ahead and check that out. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending those of you celebrating a very happy Hanukkah, and I'll see the rest of you next week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.